And we're live. Air it out, the podcast show. I'm here with Ryan Gordon. First of all, this room is insane. For the people who cannot see this shit, we are literally in a bedroom that has nothing but shelves of fucking Star Wars toys 360 around the whole room. How the fuck did you start with this collection, Ryan? Because it is intense. Start with uh, Revenge of the Sith, actually. That's what got my interest in Star Wars to begin with. So, And for the people that really cannot see this, it's like from the bottom of where feet are to the very top of the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> there are toys all over the room. And there are probably how many toys would you say are in this room thousands thousands of toys easily and not just star wars but there's also like movie toys as well like predators and i'm seeing aliens and video game shit in here it's fucking crazy and it's 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 cool to me because i could finally talk to somebody who loves Star Wars more than me and it's pretty fucking interesting to like just be able to talk about this shit for as long as we want and everybody has that Star Wars moment that first time they remember seeing Star Wars what was your moment? Um, My moment was seeing the original trilogy VH tape box set sitting in my parents' house. That's where it started. Because it was 2005, seeing the commercials for Revenge of the Sith. I'm like, oh, that looks pretty cool. And I recall seeing those VHS tapes sitting in my house before, and I went to my dad and was like, hey, can we watch these? And that's what kicked it off from there. So, for you, it started off as, hmm, this might be interesting. But once you actually finished the film were you just like holy shit like did it just because it seems like it just took you yeah i mean i was actually exposed to the toys first before the films so my interest was sparked and then i immediately went to the merchandise release for revenge of the sith and i can recall my first figures are still in this room actually what what were the first figures you owned of star wars uh it was a battle droid and a super battle droid. Wow. I started off with uh, the antagonists. I've always been attracted to the enemies, I guess you could say, the, the bad guys. And out of all these toys that are in your room, in your house, um, do you have a favorite out of all these? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, it's not in this room, but just outside of it. It's uh, a prototype Halo Mega Bloks figure that only 10 or so in existence and never been circulated to the public uh, it was actually given to me by one of the CEOs for Mega Brands so you're saying you have one out of ten in this house yeah I mean I, I have a few items like that but that's one of my more favorite pieces that and valuable is at that crazy. Too. so for Star Wars um, so you're attracted more to the Sith the bad guys uh, if you can see the Sith as the overall controlling factor of all bad 
that's accurate statement, yeah. Who would you say is uh, your favorite Star Wars character of all time? Uh, it's going to be my namesake for my YouTube channel, which is uh, a clone commander, Commander Bakara. And why is that character your favorite? Uh, no real reason other than he's just got a cool design. I've always liked the clone troopers, a lot of people do. Some people hate him, some people love him, but he's got one of the more unique designs. He's only on screen for five to ten seconds, killing Kiyadi Mundi in Revenge of the Sith, and that's it, really. See, and that's, that, that's even fucking, like, crazy to me that you even, like, know your favorite character's, like, screen time. That and just other facts that nobody else would know. He's part of the 91st Nova Corps. <laughs> like, like, see, the, those, uh, those facts right there the are, uh, respectable, though. I can actually, yeah. I can actually remember, uh, Comic-Con a few years back. I've been to San Diego Comic-Con a few times, and sitting in one of the panels for Sideshow Collectibles, they had a raffle at the end for a certain amount of figures, and one of them was the one-six scale Commander Bakara figure. And in a room of maybe 200 people, the figure popped up. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, but I already have it. So <laughs> they asked the audience what member or what uh, group Commander Picaro was part of in terms of his military rank. Of course, me, I was the only one that knew the answer. Out of all those people. It took a good probably 10, 15 seconds for people to whip their phone out real quick and search the answer up, but I was the only one that knew it off the top of my head. So you had to, like, what, raise your hand or something? No, I didn't, because <laughs> I already have the figure. I didn't want to be that person that got a second of something I already have for free. Look at you. Good sport. Yep. So, man, the Comic-Con shit, man, that's actually on my bucket list to actually go to a Comic-Con. What's the, what's the experience like? It's not like anything else. Man, it looks crazy. Yeah, it's it's definitely on pretty much anybody's bucket list that's a fan of pop culture. It's nothing like anything else out there. There's these events, conventions that use the Comic-Con namesake, but it's not nearly compared to San Diego. And are you uh, one of the type of people who actually dress up to those? No. No? No. And um, when you went to Comic-Con, were you, were you there for, uh, you know, the Star Wars reveals and, like, the first, you know, like, did you go to the one where they shown, like, uh, you know, like the Rise of Skywalker footage and stuff? No, I mean, uh, I've been to San Diego a few times. Luckily enough for me, it's not the easiest to get into there because there's such a high demand, but um, it was years where there wasn't too much really going on the Star Wars. Okay. And um, when you're there, do you uh, usually go by yourself, or would you take somebody, or would you meet people you already know there? Uh, yeah, uh, every time I've gone, I've gone with somebody I've known. I have went with my dad twice, uh, one of my ex-girlfriends I went with in the past, and one of my close friends I've gone in the past with, too. And uh, when you go to those things, um, are you just like, do you take pictures with people? Do you just go up to random people and talk about shit? Or do you just keep to yourself? 
I mean, I keep to myself in Man, general. So I, I, I just feel like I, I would normally, talk. I don't normally approach random people, even though it's more welcome in those yeah. environments, especially people in costume, to approach them to get pictures, this or that. But uh, usually I have motives when going to those events, exactly what I'm there for. So out of every Star Wars movie, um, which one's your favorite? Rogue One. Rogue One? Yeah. Man, I remember when I seen Rogue One in the movie theater, that gave me, like, the original trilogy vibes. That movie was pretty fucking dope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to top it off, you know, that movie was pretty good by itself, but then, you know, those final clips of the movie where you see Darth Vader just fucking people up. That was like the cherry on top of the cake. That movie was already pretty good before that scene. Yeah, they're lucky to have included that scene because it wasn't originally planned. It was only added within the last couple of months of production. Yeah, and 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 I remember, you know, once that movie was over, walking out of the theater, and I was like, holy shit, they fucking did a great job in this film. I fucking left like a little kid out of that movie theater. Yeah, I could, I could say I mean, that was probably the last time seeing a Star Wars movie in theaters that I left the theater genuinely happy and excited for the franchise. Uh, I can't say so much for the past few films, but uh, Rogue One definitely hit the spot for a lot of people. Well, yeah, because you know what? Um, after The Last Jedi came out, and you know a lot of the fans thought it was a real you know subpar-ass film... Um, I fucking remember, you know, buying tickets for, uh, me, Helen, and Jaden to go see Solo in the Star Wars, or in the theaters, and, you know, I had fucking high hopes for that movie, I thought it was actually gonna be pretty good, I mean, I remember when I left the theater after seeing Solo, I thought it was an okay film, like, I didn't think it was garbage, but I for sure was shocked when we were in the theater, there was probably like not even 10 people watching that movie on opening night. And that whole like fucking people being pissed off from like The Last Jedi um, totally fucked with, you know, Solo's debut and even overall film experience. Not too many people like that movie. How'd you feel about Solo? That's uh, definitely not one of my favorites, that's for sure. Um, I thought Solo just dragged on. There's a few climaxes where you thought the movie was over, and then nope, kept going. And there was another one, nope, kept going. It just seemed too long to me. Yeah, I kind of had the same opinion about the movie. Um, but what you know, Disney's doing right now with the whole Disney Plus stuff. Um, I mean, The Mandalorian was a fucking success for me. How'd you feel about The Mandalorian? Uh, I thought it was up there in terms of Rogue One. It's exactly what the community is asking for. They're not looking for anything that's game-changing. Disney's trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. But that doesn't always work. Yeah, that's true. Especially Star Wars. It's Star Wars is You gotta keep nostalgic. it Star Wars. Exactly. It's nostalgic. Star Wars is Star Wars. It, it it's it's crazy because um when I before I even tuned into the Mandalorian I was kind of like 
man, I don't know if I'm going to tune into this. I'm not sure about it, you know. And uh, once I fucking started watching the episodes, I was like, holy shit, this is pretty fucking good right here. And it, you know, and, and it's funny because even like on my Instagram, I would uh, see hella people on their stories that I didn't even know they liked Star Wars. They they post shit like this is the way and stuff and like the Mandalorian code, like it fucking caught fire. That show was pretty good. And, uh, you know, with them announcing the whole, uh, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi show, I'm fucking... I can't wait for that one because he's actually one of my favorite characters of all time in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting to see how quickly that's blown up because everyone that grew up with the prequel trilogy, including myself, made that possible. Because when the prequels first came out, the vast majority of viewers were those that saw the original trilogy in theaters. Yeah. They weren't pleased with what they saw. But in this point in time... It's been 15 years since Revenge of the Sith aired. Most of those people are in early adulthood. Yeah. So if it wasn't for the current time period, that probably wouldn't have been possible. Well, for me, when I go see a Star Wars film, you know, it kind of starts... For me, it starts like the moment you know the movie's going to come out and there's an actual date, and then you have to actually buy your tickets and... The excitement just, you know, builds, builds, builds. And then once you get to the theater, that's like a an experience, man. Because it's not like you just scan your ticket, walk through, you grab some popcorn, and then you just walk straight into your movie. There's usually a huge fucking long line you got to wait to walk into your theater. And there's nothing like it, man. I've never experienced lines like that for any movie. I remember when the prequels first came out. I remember watching episode one, and it was to the point where I remember, I don't know if they really, like, controlled how many tickets were sold, but I know there wasn't enough sold. Or maybe people snuck in, or I'm not sure, but I remember watching episode one, and I fucking was watching that as a little kid on the steps. There was not enough seats. I don't know your experience with going to watch Star Wars movies, but... My experience has always been fucking crazy. Just always big crowds. and For sure, when I went to see Solo, it was like a total buzzkill. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the last couple film releases, it's really died down in terms of fan involvement and excitement. There's just too much Star Wars going on within a short period of time. It's oversaturated. Yeah. And uh, honestly, for me... I feel like this last trilogy that came out, what saved it for me was Kylo Ren. I fucking love his character. I feel like Adam Driver did a fantastic job with what he was given. And um, I feel like you could have totally expanded more on his character and he could have went a lot more darker than what they made him go. And... I just feel like Adam Driver carried a lot of these last films from uh, Star Wars. Yeah, I would say, well, going back on what I said previously, Star Wars is a generational thing. So for our generation, 
we grew up with the prequels, we enjoy the prequels. What we're seeing coming out now is prequel related. This current generation doesn't really particularly enjoy the sequel trilogy, but I can see their kids being the next generation. Yeah. That pushes that forward. Well, like for me, I remember I remember my father, he liked Star Wars. He doesn't like it as much as me, but I know he liked it enough to introduce it to me as a kid. And my father's generation, he's, uh, you know, he's in his 50s, so his generation was, you know, the original Star Wars films. And, you know, I, I remember seeing um, the very first time I watched um, A New Hope. And the first time I seen a lightsaber on film. And well, the first lightsaber fight for me was... Uh, you know, old Ben Kenobi versus, you know, Darth Vader. And even though even though it was a slow and not too exciting fight for the time, it was very good. And I remember like that shit sucked me in. Just seeing Darth Vader on film really brought me like, whoa, who the hell is this guy? Like I'd never seen a character like that in my life. And to this day, like, even though I was a little kid, I still remember the first time seeing Darth Vader in a movie, and I was like, wow, this guy is fucking badass. That shit is so crazy. Do you, uh, what's your take on the original movies? Is that what you see is like, the bar for Star Wars? Like, what you have to reach for as these new films are starting to come out? Uh, Yeah. It's more so of keeping it simple. Uh, new Star Wars is too busy, in my opinion. That's where Rogue One and Mandalorian has succeeded with the slower pace, more nitty and gritty, yeah, more violence, a little brutal. Yeah, and, and I feel like, you know, for, for the original movies... Um, like, I just feel like those, of course, you know, those films weren't perfect, but they were done pretty damn good, and I really don't remember too many people complaining about those films until, like, you know, pretty much, like, this last trilogy had came out, you know, because, you know, people were calling Ray like a, you know, like a Mary Sue character, and, you know, a lot of the people who, like, were real hardcore, like, Ray fans were like, you know, of course, like, you know, pissed off that people were like talking shit about their favorite character. And then, you know, people were starting to bring up, oh, that Luke didn't really train that much. And he fucking, his character was hella overpowered too. Like, why are you talking shit about Ray? It's like the whole new like saga just turned so political. It was like, what the fuck is going on here? Did you get that vibe from this trilogy? That it was, like, pleasing, like, overall, like, messages that are, like, in today's world. Like, pushing characters that didn't even need to be pushed. Yeah. It's kind of always been a thing for Star Wars, though. Lucas has said himself, the original trilogy was a lot of real-world current topics at the time relevant through that time period, so seeing the sequel trilogy doing the same thing is not surprising but just in general 
pretty much every film series out there does the same thing. It's keeping it relevant and interesting. Well, what what I thought, um, I thought Force Awakens was a decent film, and it kind of got me excited for like what was gonna be next. Uh, then, you know, when I saw the Last Jedi. I was like, whoa, this is completely different. And I feel like we're getting like a way shittier fucking trilogy here because like you get one thing in the first movie and then it's like you got a new director for the second movie and it's just totally like opposite of what was supposed to probably happen. Like you could tell JJ was like setting things up for what was supposed to happen in the second movie. And Ryan Johnson just, like, totally fucking shitted on it. Like, how does, you know, how does a character like Rose get more fucking airtime than Luke Skywalker? Like, how do you figure that? Well, it's just different opinions. That's what really shot the sequel trilogy in the foot. They should have followed through with the same director for all three films. Um, Yeah, one director trying to put together a story then someone else steps in in the middle and wants to go in a completely different direction with what's relevant to what's going on right now ignoring what was set up with the first film my thing is is like if you're going to introduce a new character like in the middle part of the story i mean it has to be at least an interesting character though right like how are you gonna like i i know you're trying to like you know satisfy certain people or push like certain agendas but you know how how are you going to justify like pushing a character that I mean when you look at it it's like you really didn't even have to push this character yeah it wasn't necessary you can look at the original trilogy the main character that was introduced would be Lando in comparison to Rose yeah that's pretty much the same character uh, introduction but Lando wasn't pushed as a main character that much as Rose was. Uh, Lando was involved. He was interesting enough to keep him relevant. And they kept it simple and sweet with him. They should have did the same thing with Rose, in my opinion, which probably would have ended up in a better situation overall instead of pushing her as one of the top three heroes, in a sense. Yeah, well, like, my thing is, it's like, even even in The Last Jedi, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, you know, it kind of seemed like in The Force Awakens, like, they were trying to make it seem like maybe Finn and Daisy might, or uh, Finn and uh, Rey might have, like, a little thing or something going on, and then, like, out of nowhere, they just sprung this Rose character, then she, like, even kisses him and stuff at the end, and it's, like, it was kind of weird to me. I felt like it was kind of, like, just shoved in our face. Yeah. That was weird, for sure. And then, you know, for them making her such a main character in the, se- you know, in the in the middle film, in The Last Jedi, um, to just her getting zero screen time in The Rise of Skywalker, like, that was crazy for me to see because I was like, okay. I, I mean, in a way, it was good because I was like, okay, you know, they heard all the fucking haters talking shit about her character. and But I was also thinking, like, you know, her playing Rose, 
I would be hella butthurt too, though, if I was, like, pushed as a main character, and then in the next film, I got, like, zero time damn near. And it's too obvious, too. Yeah. It's way too obvious. I mean, if you make a mistake, you need to follow through. Yeah. Even if people disagree with it. If it makes sense to follow through with what the original plan was with that character, you should do it. Yeah, they, like, they like totally just made her, like, just... I mean, you might as well have just made her, like, just some random character pressing buttons in the background because she was turned into, like, a very, very small role. Like, like it made me laugh in the theater when, uh, you know, Ray or Finn was like, oh, you're not coming with us? And she was like, no. <laughs> Leia <laughs> has me looking at this stuff. I was like, oh, boy, they're cutting her role. What would be interesting is in 20 years to see if she is on the same level as Jar Jar. Jar Jar was mass hated, but currently he's not really pushed on that much. Yeah. like pe- Even Ahmed Best, the actor for Jar Jar, has come back into the overall scope of things. He's doing a Star Wars reality show on Disney Plus right now, if I'm correct. Um, he's come out of the woodwork, and he's being praised for it. Maybe uh, Rose took his place. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. How did um. The way the way the rise of Skywalker started, um, I don't know how you felt about it, but I kind of in a in a way it's like I felt like it was rushed but i i for sure appreciated those kylo ren moments at the beginning of the film like just showing him in battle and you know giving us a little glimpse i guess of mustafar i feel like we could have i feel like they should have went a little more in depth with mustafar at least like see him land walk around for a sec or something cuz i mean we haven't seen mustafar in a long time i would have liked that i i thought they kind of like rushed those scenes a little bit they should have just let Adam Driver play with it a little more. How'd you feel about the start of that film? It was definitely a rush for sure because Mustafar had a longer sequence. Uh, Hux was to be involved with Admiral Pride yeah. in combat, and there was also a scene that was cut with Kylo talking to someone called the Oracle, yeah, which would have guided him to Exegol, where he eventually met Palpatine. But they skipped all that and went straight to Exegol. Yeah, with him, like, pretty much in a rush getting there. Yeah. It's like, you know, you you have that pretty nice battle scene with Kylo Ren, and then it's like he gets the Wayfinder, then it's like, all right, I'm in the TIE Fighter, and I'm out. Like, pretty fast. On top of that, a few days before the film was released, they released the first few minutes of the film where Kylo Loren's arriving at Exegol with no music at all, which made it eerie and more interesting, and it actually made me excited at that point in time for the film to come out. Once the film's released, that sequence has fast-paced music attached to it, which completely ruined it for me, and it just pushed the pace even faster. Yeah, because you know what? Actually, um, when he arrived on Exegol, and he parks his uh, TIE fighter and he hops out and he fucking just ignites his lightsaber and that shit's like hitting the ice and you just see the, you know, lightning bolts and it's dark and eerie. Uh, I, I was appreciating that and I, I, saw, I also liked, you know, like the it was dark and 
you could see, you know, the red in his face off his lightsaber. Like, I fucking enjoyed those scenes. I thought it was really dark. And I, and I honestly thought the movie was going to be more dark-paced like that. What'd you think of them uh, bringing back Palpatine? You think that was this what they were going to do from the start? Or you think that they just had no choice in doing that? Uh, there's evidence that's come out suggesting that that's always been the original plan. Um... I feel like that's partially true. Not sure really exactly what's was originally planned, but uh, we'll probably never know. Um, do you think do you think the Snoke we got was the Snoke that was really supposed to happen in the in this film? Because I I had really high hopes for that character. I actually was starting to really like Snoke as a character. Yeah, I think uh, what we got is what they planned for him. But it was just caught, cut short too soon, literally, with his death. I was, uh, were you expecting maybe like a little showdown between Luke and Snoke? Because I kind of thought that was going to happen. Uh, not so much expecting it, it's what the community wanted. There was a lot of push for that, but I really didn't end up seeing that ha- happening. I I just feel like, you know, with, with all the material we were given about, like, Snoke as a character, you know, they were making it seem like he was this, you know, pretty ancient being, but it's like, turns out he's just a clone, so it's like, so when was this clone made? Like, how old really is he? That was one of the main factors driving the entire sequel trilogy was yeah. the mystery behind Snoke before the films were even released. Um, the fact that we didn't get much information and very little in a comic is disappointing. It, and and that kind of makes me think like uh, we were supposed to get a different guy kind of because with with all the information we were like getting right after or leading up to Force Awakens and then once it was out and then once it was you know we were able to buy it at the store you know they were they were keeping that you know kind of like those secretive things about him like you know making it seem like like he's been around for a long time he's been you know even some people were like you know giving their theories out there saying like oh he was always in communication with Snoke and or uh, with Palpatine the whole time so I mean I thought that was a little cool angle but and it's misleading too because they've said that Snoke has never been the focus that's what people wanted. They're obviously attracted to mystery. Yeah. But they didn't want him to be the focus of things, which is why the story went the direction it did. But it's like, I just feel like for this trilogy, I mean, for the prequels, you could, I mean, I guess for the prequels, you could say we got a lot too. I mean, a lot of shit happened in the prequels. I mean, there was. Darth Maul, Palpatine, Count Dooku. Much if you look at it, in that sense, all that's a mystery still, too, theoretically. Yeah. I mean, we did get a lot of bad guys in the prequels, so no one... There's not much backstory to Maul's origin, even though it's obviously implied with what's been thrown to us in the Clone Wars, and I'm sure there's a little bit more in novels that I haven't read, too. But, 
in that sense, it's a mystery too. And um, are are you a big video game guy? Uh, absolutely. Well, not um, as much anymore, but still collectible-wise, for sure. What's your favorite uh, Star Wars game that you've played? Uh, Star Wars game? Probably be the original Battlefront 2. Yeah? 2005 Battlefront 2. And why is that one your favorite? Uh, it's damn near everybody's favorite that liked Battlefront. Uh, it's just uh, one of those nostalgic games. Um, my favorite was uh, Force Unleashed 2. I fell in love with Starkiller's character. And I really liked how the game was. I mean, the two lightsabers and just incredible force abilities. That game was pretty fun to play. Have you ever played that one? Yeah, I played the first Force Unleashed game. I don't recall if I played the second one, but I have half a shelf worth of collectibles sitting in this room right now. And the first one was pretty good, too. It, uh... It was really interesting. I, I liked his backstory a lot. And they made him a fucking pretty strong character. Yeah, he was the beginning of the rebellion. And that uh, timeline, which is no longer obviously relevant. Yeah. it's not canon. Yeah, that, 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 that game stood out to me. Force Unleashed 1 and Force Unleashed 2. Um, what'd you think of... Uh, the Fallen Jedi Order. Did you didn't play even, that didn't, game? Didn't even play it. No? I bought it to get uh, the GameStop exclusive figure that it came with. That was it? I was planning to play it, but uh, I was like, eh, it's not really my type of game. I'm more so a first-person shooter. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That game, graphic-wise, was pretty good. Storyline, it was pretty good. Um, the only complaint I would have about that game is there were... Like some missions you had to do, or where you would have to go in certain places, and it would give you no clue that that's what you had to do. And a couple, you know, things you for sure had to look up on YouTube. Like, I'm pretty sure everyone who's played that game has had to look things up on YouTube. And in a way, I, I like games being hard, but you kind of have to have an idea of what you're doing. I can't just be like fucking guessing, like walking around this temple, getting lost and going deeper and deeper. And it's like, there's this hidden door behind this wall. Like, how would I ever know that? And ironically, that's actually something people wanted. Uh, the game is widely praised and it was not something they were expecting to happen. I think uh, Fallen Order 2 is rumored to be in production right now. Well, the thing that I really liked it the most of that game, um, I liked how, you know, it really showed you, like, what the Jedi went through with the clone troopers. Like, it, it really showed you how just as soon as the, like, before the order was given to annihilate the Jedi, them and the stormtroopers and our, the clone troopers were just, you know, they lived together. They were friends. They were all joyful and happy. And then as soon as that order was given, they just switched one moment to the next. And I really enjoyed how that um, really, uh, like, showed that, you know? Yeah, that was our first real exposure. Like, it was pretty brutal. And it, and it made you feel for uh, the Jedi because you were like, whoa. Like, the main character of the game, 
he's like you know calling these uh, troopers their buddy and you know they're even joking back with him and then the next moment they're trying to kill him yeah it was pretty intense yeah that uh, was our first exposure and so was the last season of the Clone Wars that just recently came out yes really showed how the clones interacted after Order 66 was given yeah it's a little shocking because it seemed in the film that they're more so robotic but uh, they have feelings in the Clone Wars it showed that they were still the normal selves with feelings but for some reason just hostility towards Jedi yeah it's just confusing and odd but interesting and uh what, what, what's your take on like uh the old Republic era uh, it's not really a period of time I'm too fond of. No? I don't know too much about it, to be honest. I, it's never really struck my fancy. You're not, a, you're not a fan of, like, Darth Malgus or Darth Revan or anything like that? Uh, I got figures of them. Uh, I know some information here and there, but I'm more so focused on the current time period. Um, are you a big, uh, big uh, like, book guy? Do you like to read no, not not really, to be honest. I, uh, I not too long ago. I mean, remember I was telling you that I was going to like Barnes and Noble and trying to find a fucking the Rise of Skywalker book, and it was just sold out. I guess. Well, I found it at a uh, Target, and I've been reading it, and honestly, it's been um, I'm on like chapter ten, and some of the scenes that like are in the movie, they go in like total in total death, like. It totally breaks the scene down to the point where it's like, I'm like getting what Kylo's thinking at the exact moment. He's like looking at Ray. You know, it's shit we don't get just watching a film. You know, and that that shit was pretty dope. The books, the Rise of Skywalker books, pretty good, and I would recommend anybody watching or reading that book. Yeah, that's a lot more depth and refined detail. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Cause uh, would you think of uh the force like Bond visions that Kylo and Ray were having? That was a stretch. Yeah, especially That's... to the point where they're like having lightsaber fights, not even being around each other. Yeah, the sequel trilogy introduced some ideas that don't necessarily need to be in Star Wars, in my opinion. Um. Yeah starting to become a little too unrealistic obviously the force is not something that's real but you've always been intrigued by it interested it's been mysterious and then you start throwing a little bit more too unrealistic things into it and it's just kind of laughable honestly yeah yeah that's pretty true um the thing that disappointed me was i was waiting for that big like Palpatine lightsaber battle at the end and it's like first of all how the fuck does Palpatine kill himself with his own lightning like he can't fucking stop like once he knows it's hitting him or like what's going on with that that's (laughs) it's just the third time it's happened to him too ironically (laughs) so I guess he's just that stupid like like once you notice like they're fucking hitting you with your own move like why don't you just stop like is it something he can't stop like once he's fucking doing it like it just keeps going or 
Like, I don't understand that. Yeah, it makes, you, it makes no sense. You you would you would think he would have uh, you know learned his lesson the first couple times, but just the way you know the movie ended, I was like, oh man, killing fucking Ben Solo off, man, just when he like turns to the light side, like. Adam Driver really did a good job, you know, like making Ben Solo and Kylo Ren like two totally different characters. Just even when he was on screen as Ben Solo, you could tell he's like a completely different character. Like his vibe was totally different. And I thought his acting was really good. And I just hope they kind of, you know, give us more detail about Ben Solo and stuff. Like you, you think he's actually dead? Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't think they're going to expand on the sequel trilogy at all. There, if they do continue Star Wars films, which at this point in time is probably a slim chance, at least not for a long period of time. I'm sure it's going to be a completely different direction and time period. Yeah, I mean, if they weren't gonna, you know, if they're not gonna touch on this last trilogy at all no more, I mean, we could at least seen a Ben Solo uh, Force Ghost, right? You think we should at least have gotten that? Yeah, they should have introduced a lot of uh, prequel aspects too, to the Rise of Skywalker, which we didn't get. Or 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 do you think we didn't get the Force Ghost because te- technically, Ben Solo transferred all his uh, life into Ray. So you think he's still technically alive until Ray dies? Oh, well, I don't know. It's always been uh, insinuated that you need training to become a Force Ghost after death. So I don't think he never had that training so it wouldn't be possible for him yeah that's true yeah that is true because well we don't know how Qui-Gon learned it he was the first to become a force ghost who then trained Yoda uh, which we can only assume that then trains Obi-Wan but my thing is it's like even even on like Qui-Gon learning how to do it how how is it that they never expanded on that? They probably don't even have a fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they do. It's uh that's one of the very many topics that can be expanded upon. I mean, I would say that's a pretty important topic when you it's like this is how a lot of our heroes have won fights because the force ghosts has helped them and guided them. Yeah, I would say that's the first stretch of unrealistic aspects of the Force. That was a stretch even for the original trilogy, but the fact that they didn't explain it added that mystery factor to it, which got people intrigued, and they didn't really complain about it too much. Yeah, because it, cause it's... I mean, it's weird, man, because... Well, especially with the new trilogies, like fucking uh, Luke Skywalker, what he raises his X-Wing out of the water and to the point where like he even... like saves the lightsaber that Ray throws into the fire. Yeah. Like so so he pretty much could do it all. How come he didn't just go whoop Palpatine's ass real quick? Pretty much. Uh there's 
too many things that just don't make any sense. They added both the rise of Skywalker. That that yeah, that was crazy to me. I thought I thought um, I mean from the prequels to like the originals, it's like we never saw Force Ghosts as like having abilities other than just talking to you and just being there. Yeah. Like I didn't know they were capable of, like actually being there, like actually being able to touch things and even maybe touch you. Yeah. Like that. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> so in a way, it's kind of like the Force Ghosts don't like once you, if you learn how to become a Force Ghost, you pretty much don't die then. It's like your physical body's dead, but then you're you could you're still capable of doing everything else even without a body. Which. Is ironic because that was Palpatine's overall end goal. Yeah, to live forever. Mm-hmm. And in a way, he 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 was trying to do that by transferring his essence into like clones and stuff. But it seemed like his goal was to uh, get into Ray's body. But it's like that's only like a temporary solution because you know obviously Ray's body's gonna fucking get old too eventually mm-hmm. so he didn't really have a solid plan on living forever but it it, it was interesting how the rise of Skywalker pushed that whole uh, and, and you could tell they were really pushing it like oh you know the only, like Palpatine's like the only reason why I was beaten is cause you know Luke and Anakin were uh, related so I'm, I'm going to have luck with you because I'm related to you, even though you don't know shit about me, really. <laughs> like, that was kind of forced, man. That was forced on us a lot. Especially when it's kind of different when, like, you know, like, this is what he means. But when he actually, like, says shit on film, like, oh, well, the only one I have that, that you're related to here is me. So yeah. you're going to help me out just because of that. Yeah. Like even though even though I killed both your parents or had them killed and I've been trying to fucking search for you just to like have your body, you're going to help me out because cause we have the same blood. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. Like I don't know, the directions were all over the place with this last film. They were trying to do too much. But how do you feel, also, how do you feel about, um, like, pretty much the whole galaxy standing up to the final order, like, out of nowhere, there's, like, hella ships, like, I kind of felt like maybe the final order should have won that fight, man, they had fucking thousands of fucking Imperial ships. Yeah, it was just, uh, an overall stretch. <laughs> like, the whole, like, the whole film, you're bragging about this, like unbeatable fucking like fleet that you have and it's like the like the rebellion is pretty much dead man they're like and on top of that one of their ships had managed to leave Exegol and blow up an entire planet yeah how is it that one ship's able to do that and the others can't yeah why why wouldn't why wouldn't Palpatine send, you know, maybe ten to a hundred ships, fuck everything up, have everybody scared shitless? I mean I mean if they all had capabilities of blowing planets up, I mean 
Like, what was there? Like, like, why wait for them to come to you? That's what you call a plot hole. <laughs> which, which the Rise of Skywalker had many. Don't get me wrong, sequel trilogies and prequel trilogy have plenty of plot holes themselves too. But uh, sequel trilogy had quite a bit. Yeah. Breaking plot holes on top of that. When you um when you went to Disneyland and you experienced uh you know Star Wars Land for the first time, what'd you uh think of it? I mean I, I knew a lot going into it. I probably should have saved myself for being exposed to it for the first time in person, but I'm that person that's looking at leaked stuff yeah. before it's available to the public. Um, Would you recommend um, Star Wars fans to go check that out? Yeah, for sure. There's some uh, some fun aspects about it. Uh, last time I went to Disneyland, it kind of made me realize it's not so much for me anymore. Uh, it's different for everybody, but uh, it wasn't the most exciting. I was more so there for the merchandise yeah. than anything else. Yeah, I had a I actually had a real funny experience walking into it. Um it was kind of dark. Well, it was getting a little bit dark and um there was this guy, he had his lightsaber and then I had my lightsaber that we made for our son, kind of like the cheaper one. And um he had his lightsaber or he had his lightsaber off, but like I saw he made eye contact with me. So I fucking turned my lightsaber on and hella like stared him fucking down. And I was like, what's going on, man? And then he turns his lightsaber on. He's like, let's do it. Whatever you want to do, bro. And then everyone started laughing. It was so fucking nerdy, dude. But it was fun, though. That was that was like my experience walking in. But I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, it was cool, man. Um, the the memorabilia stuff, it was a little pricey. Um, yeah, that's to be expected from a Disney park at least. Yeah, it, it was it was pricey. I mean, when I went, you know, they only had one ride. That ride was cool. My, my son liked it a lot. Um, the food was all right. I mean, it was cool. I mean, the buildings made you feel like you were in, like, Star Wars, I guess. They also had, like, a Kylo Ren little show when we were there. But, uh, yeah, I recommend... If you like Star Wars or your kid likes Star Wars, for sure, check out, you know, the experience there at uh, Disneyland. And, um, yeah, but uh, thanks for uh, coming. Thanks for letting me uh, go to your house and check out all these (laughs) crazy-ass toys and fucking letting me get, make me feel like a kid again. I, I appreciate your time. And uh, air it out the podcast show.